Thanks for joining us on Our Father's House's weekly podcast, A Place to Find God. Each week we bring you a sermon from our Sunday services where you can be uplifted and grow in Jesus on the go. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online by going to ofhorangeburg.com. We'd love to get to know you. Now let's get to this week's message. Come on, that's it. Give the Lord a praise, everybody. Give him a praise like you love him. Come on, let's, let's give the Lord an I love you praise. Come on, that's it. That's it. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Come on, that's it. I love you. We bless him. We bless him. We bless him. Thank you, Jesus. My love for God does not have anything to do with anybody else. It's because me and my relationship with God is on point. Come on, somebody. Give the Lord some I love you praises. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. We bless you. We bless him. We bless him. We want to say thank God for another day. As we grew up in the church, we used to sing the song, Another Day the Lord Has Kept Me. And we certainly thank God for another day that he's allowed us to see um, on this side and we certainly bless the Lord. I believe that God has something special in store for us on today. As always, anytime we come together with an appointment from God, God has something in store for us. And I believe that he has something in store for us on today. I want to say God bless our online audience on today. We certainly thank God for you being with us in this service on today. And I believe that God has something special for you also amen we consider you a part of the our father's house family and we certainly thank god for you being faithful in joining in with us for our sunday morning service i believe that god has a word for us on today but before we go let's go into prayer father we bless you we thank you god for this is your house we are your people and we lord i hear god for you to have your way in our lives we invite you here. We open up, Lord, so that you can move according to your will and your purpose. I pray right now that you will bring every heart subject to that that you have ordained for us on this day. Rebuke the devil right now. And we pray, God, that you would, Lord, be glorified in this service. Let us leave this place today better than we were when we walked through the doors. And we thank you for it, and we bless you for it. Right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, amen and amen. Praise the Lord, amen. Look at somebody and tell them that God has something for you today. Amen. Praise God. You may be seated. We again bless God for the opportunity that he's given us to be in his presence. Pastor Carlene taught a lesson on last week concerning uh, the glory of the Lord and the presence of the Lord. And it's always good to be in the presence of the Lord. Everybody that's congregating on this morning inside of churches, uh, the presence of the Lord is not necessarily there. But whenever we can come to the house of the Lord and feel his presence and know that his presence is here, that means God has something in store for us amen so we bless the lord on today for that that he has in stored for us <clears throat> i want to share 
a word that God has had on my heart. Uh, um, we've been sort of dealing with this now for a while. Um, and as I was before the Lord on this week, uh, um, I felt it in my spirit to somewhat continue inside of this vein that the Lord has had us on. Um, we are going to be coming from the book of Romans, the 12th chapter, um, the first verse, and we'll also go into Ephesians, the fourth chapter, and sort of, you know, deal with some scriptures there. But I want to talk to us on today, hopefully concerning the heart of God for us. How many of you know, want to know what the heart of God is for your lives? Amen. If you ever want to please or satisfy anybody, find out their hearts for you. Amen. And if you want to understand, if you want to please God, you want to glorify God, then find out what is in his heart for you. Amen. Because you can do a whole lot of things, but if it's not what is in his heart, then you're just doing a whole lot of things that are insignificant. But we want to know and understand the heart of God for our lives. If you have your Bibles, turn with me quickly to the book of Romans, the 12th chapter, and uh, um, the first and the second verse. These are familiar passages of the scripture that we're going to be reading on today. Uh, Romans 12 and 1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service and be not conformed to this world but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God I want you to look at the totality of those two scriptures because these two scriptures here begin to un uh, uh, unveil to us the heart of God for us as believers Paul here and this particular chapter here says, I beg you, I urge you, believers, when he talk about brethren, he's talking about those that are of the household of faith. And he said, now, I beg of you, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you do what? Present your bodies. Now, that's something that we must do. We must present our bodies. Uh, Pastor Carlene taught on last week concerning uh, um, the power of the Holy Spirit, and she dealt with it inside of Corinthians, the sixth chapter, which said, your body belongs to God, and it is a temple of the Holy Ghost. And since it is the temple of the Holy Ghost, it is incumbent upon us to present our bodies to God. We are to yield ourselves unto God for the purposes that God has ordained for our lives. So I want to encourage us on today as you continue in your walk with God, don't be hesitant to present your bodies to God. God want to use your body. Look at somebody and say, God want to use your body. You see, you see, let me show you something. When God uses your body, he's allowing folk to see his power working in your life. Okay, when folk look at you, they're not looking at what's in your mind. They're looking at what you do. And when you operate inside of the will and the purpose of God, God is allowing your body now to be a presentation of him. So we have to be willing to present our body. Sometimes you may want to do something, but God wants you to do something else. And you got to be willing to, okay, God, I'll sacrifice what I want right now for your will and for 
your purpose. Look at somebody and say, be willing to present your bodies. Um, that's not even where I wanted to go on today, but that was good. Look at uh, Ephesians, the fourth chapter. And um, the 15th verse, I think it is, yeah, 4 and 15. And uh, um, this is not necessarily at the end of a dialogue that Paul here was giving to the church, but it is in the middle of it. But I just want to go there. I said, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things. Um, let me do this because I want to somewhat keep it inside of context. Uh, let's go to the 11th verse. I'm going to read from the 11th verse. It said, and he gave some apostles, and we understand this scripture, and God gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. This is God's structure that he put in place for the body of Christ. And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. And he goes on to say why he did that, for the perfecting of the saints. Look at somebody say, you need to be perfected. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we what? All come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a what? Perfect man. Perfect representation of who God is in the earth. Uh, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Why? That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine and by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. God does not want us to be deceived or moved off course or cared about by everything that comes our way. He wants us to be stable and steadfast in him. So he put some things in place in order to ensure that we remain stable and steadfast in him. And then it said, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things. I want us to focus on that particular scripture because when we look at what God's saying, God said, I want you to grow up. <laughs> God said, I put some things in place so that you won't remain babes. I want you to grow up. The title of my message on this morning is going to be taken from both of these scriptures. Be ye transformed, grow up. Now, I, I want us to look at this, hopefully from God's perspective. Because what I, I, I believe that's in the heart of God for us is that we always involve ourselves as believers with a mentality to grow. Okay. Uh, um, I've shared this inside of my previous messages, but I want to reemphasize this because I want you to understand what God's heart is for our lives. God did not intend for us to become saved and stuck. Okay, I'm glad I'm saved and that's it. No, the bulk of our relationship with God, the bulk of our salvation experience comes after the initial salvation experience. That is when we grow in him. God wants us to grow in him. 
He wants us to, you don't uh, birth a child in the world and want them to remain a babe all their lives. You put some things, some mechanisms in place so that that child will grow and mature and learn how to deal with uh, the things that comes their way in life. And it's no less than what God is doing and has for our lives. God understand that we are in the body of Christ now. We are part of his family, but we are children. We are babes and we have to grow because you don't know the thing that you are going to encounter as you continue to operate in life. But God said, I know, so I'm going to allow you. I'm going to cause and help you to grow so that now when those things come, you're not tossed to and fro. I, I, I don't know about you, but I can look back over my life and I can see times that I've been tossed. <laughs> tossed by my own emotions. Tossed by situations that came my way that I was not in a place spiritually to deal with. And I was tossed. But God said, now, I put some mechanisms in place in my body to ensure now that you grow so that when these things come, you can remain steadfast in me. I want us to look at this here as we go inside of the lesson on today. Our spiritual growth is by far one of the most important aspects of our walk with God. And I want you to focus on that now. Our spiritual growth is by far one of the most important aspects of our walk with God. If you are not growing, something is going wrong in your life. Uh, I, I, I don't always necessarily like using this term, but for the sake of our understanding, if you're not growing, you are retarded. Okay. There's no such thing in God as I'm just marking time or standing still. You're either growing or you're regressing. But God said, I don't want you to remain stand, remains in a, a stationary position, nor do I want you to regress or digress. I want you to grow. I want you to look at yourselves. See, because we, in order to grow, we have to be honest with ourselves. We have to be honest with, uh, um, first of all, our academic knowledge of God and our academic knowledge of what God desires out of us. And believe you me, we've been in church long enough to get some semblance of some of the things that God desires out of our lives. God said, Pastor Carlin taught this very beautifully a couple of weeks ago, uh, love God and love people. And God says, I want you to love. He, he, didn't he say that? He said, love your enemies. How many remember that inside the scripture? Uh, he said, do good to those that despitefully use you. He said, forgive those that offend you. Okay, now these are things that God is revealing to us as believers what he desires out of our lives. But then I want you to look at yourself now, and I want, because see, as I said, you got to be honest with yourself. When you look at yourself, can you honestly say that in my walk with God, when offense comes my way, I'm ready to move to a place of forgiving? Or am I struggling now? How many times we, we struggle? 
And now, wait a minute now, 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 now. You, you, you know. Grow. You got to grow. You got to move from where you are to where God wants you to be. When we talk about the word transformed, and I gave you a definition for that uh, uh, several weeks ago, but I want to see it reemphasize that also. When we talk about transform or being transformed or transformation, we are talking about to make a thorough and dramatic change in form, appearance, and character. It's that about how? how many of us can look at our character? Let's just do it this way. Let's, let's do it this way. Can we look at our character over the last two years and see progress? Now, let, let me show you. Don't, don't, don't mistake now. Don't, don't mistake religious activity as spiritual growth. You see, we can mistake, well, I come to church, or I, 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 I sang on the choir, or I sang, sang with the devotional leaders, and, or, or I usher, or, or, you know, I do my religious duties in the church. But let me share something with you. Your religious activity does not automatically equate spiritual growth. You got some of the meanest folk uh, that's uh, 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 in the wall, in the body of Christ uh, that have these positions in church, uh, but they are not allowing the word to have an effectual working in their lives. When I allow the word of God to have an effectual working in my life, then I am growing. I'm moving from one spiritual location to the next because when I'm growing, I'm learning how to deal with life in such a way now that God can be glorified. How many of you want God to be glorified in your lives? I love for you coming to church because I don't like preaching to chairs. Okay? But your coming to church is totally insignificant if when you come here, you hear the word, and you leave out of here, and don't walk in it. Come on. It's just like me preaching to the chairs, because the chairs are doing with the word just what you're doing. <laughs> okay. The word of God is designed to help us to grow. Come on. And if we're not allowing that word to have any factual working in our lives, then consequently, we'll find ourselves in the same place today that we were last year. The things that used to bother you last year, are they still bothering you today? The things that knocked you out last year, are they the same thing that are knocking you out today? If they are, then where is your growth? The Bible says here in one of my scriptural texts today, said that ye may what? Grow up where? Into him. This is God's heart for us. Believers, God's heart is for us to grow up into him. When I say grow up into him, that means every day we should be endeavoring to become more and more like Jesus in our walk. 
That is, uh, my character should be more of a reflection of Jesus today than it was last week. But we'll take the scripture and it sounds good. But if it's not doing a work in our lives, can we say that we're actually growing up into him or being more like him? How many of you want to be more like Jesus? Uh, and I didn't even look at the hands because it's not for me, it's for him. It's for him and for you. Because when I declare that I want to be more like Jesus, that puts onus on me. You see, being like Jesus or becoming more like Jesus or growing, all of those are synonymous terms, is not automatic. Come on. It's not automatic. The Bible said, be ye transformed. Okay. It didn't say transformation will automatically come. You have to engage in what God has made available to you in order for the transformation to take place. And so many folk in the body of Christ, they are not changing. Why? Not because the word is not coming forth, not because God has not put the mechanism in place, but because you are not availing yourself to the thing that God has made available to you so that you can change. How many of you want to change? Oh, we sung the song when Tamla Mann uh, uh, did her, her version of the song, Change Me, Oh God. Make me more like you. Change me, oh God. Wash me through and through. And we, we love that song. And we got caught up in the emotion of that, that song. And oh my God, that was sung. But then now when that song had been silenced and we walk out of the door, are we still embracing that same mentality? Change me, oh God. When you're challenged inside of your home by your spouse or when you're challenged on your job, do you have that same mentality? God, change me. I don't want to react like I used to act. God, I don't want that malice to be in my heart like it used to. God, change. Change me. How many want to be changed? Change doesn't come automatic. I, I want to direct our attention today some things that God has been speaking to us. <laughs> Paul said this, and, and I want you to see the passion of Paul. We talk about the passion of Christ and all of these things. But Paul said this in the fourth chapter of Galatians, the 19th verse. Paul says, my little children. <clears throat> He's talking to the church that he got it allowed him to raise up in Galata. He said, my little children of whom I travail in birth until now. Mm. He said, the reason why I travail as in birth until now, I'm, 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 I'm doing everything I can to, to, to make something happen. And he said, the thing that I'm trying to do is that Christ 
would be formed in you. You see, Paul said, God has given me a ministry of oversight. And that ministry of oversight hath afforded me with a, a, a gift of nurturing and developing God's people because we see that in Ephesians the fourth chapter and he gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers for the perfecting of the saints. So God, God, Paul said, that's my responsibility. That's my ministerial calling. That's the anointing on my life. But Paul said, now when I look at you, Paul said, I want to see Christ being formed in you. I want to see your character changing. I want to see you walking in love. I want to see that coming forth in your life. And Paul said, I travail. I travail as if in childbirth because that's what I know God wants out of your life. God is not just concerned exclusively or independently with you coming to church. He wants you to come to church so that you can hear a word that will help you grow so that when you get home, your character will be a reflection of him. He don't want you to come to church so you can tick off your religious activities for the week. Wow, check, I went to church. Come on. Be ye transformed. Paul said this, and I want you to look at Paul. <laughs> Paul said this. Paul said, I die what? How often? You say it again, how often? You that are online, just put it in the chat box. How often the Paul said I die? What does that mean? What does that mean? Paul said every day, every day I'm working on me. And every time I see something about me that's not measuring up to the will of God, I endeavor to get rid of it. I don't go to that mentality, well, but that's just how I am. You, you, you know, we got too many folk in the church that will almost gloss over their negative activity, negative attitude, and their negative response. Well, that's just me. You know, that's just, well, you know, all of my family is mean, so, you know, that's what you're going to get. No, 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 no. If I'm not growing and maturing over those mentalities, then I am not dying daily. I got to be at a place that when that desire comes in me to respond and react negatively, I got to say, no, wait a minute. No, 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 no. That's not God's will. The Bible tells us in Roman, uh, uh, Hebrew, the 12th chapter, he said, lay aside what? every weight, everything that you know that's operating in your life, that's holding you back, lay it aside, let it go. Lay aside every weight and the sin. You can see, because real quick, you know, Christians can be real smart, you know. Well, that ain't no sin. That ain't no sin. I never saw in the Bible where God said that. Well, if it's not a sin, if it's a weight, 
let it go. If it's holding you back, let it go. When you begin to understand the heart and the mind of God and understand what he desires for your life, you will be able to identify both weights and sin. Just because it's not a sin does not mean that it's not hindering you in your walk with God. Come on. So Paul said, I, I, I die daily. He said, uh, uh, and I'm, I'm letting you see this here because I want you to see God's heart. Paul said also in Second Corinthians, the fourth chapter, Paul said, always, we're always bearing about in this body, what? The dying of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Why? Why is it necessary for me to engage in a dying process continually? So now that the life of Christ also maybe what manifested in me. Oh, I want to be like Jesus. I want to be like Jesus. But you know what? A lot of times, and a lot of folk talk about I want to be like Jesus. They want to be able to have the miracles and those kind of things, you, you know, operating in their lives. But believe you me, Jesus' life was much more than just miracles. His life was one that man. Look at, look at, I want you to look at Jesus. Jesus, when Jesus came on the scene, look at, he, he came on the scene. Jesus said, I exist for no other reason than to satisfy my father. He said, my meat and my drink is what? To do the will of my father. He said, I don't do anything that I don't see my father do. I, I want you to see, and we talk about, Jesus didn't, talk, Jesus didn't say anything about miracles. He said, the thing that's on the forefront of my life, my mission here in the earth is to be a complete representation of the Father in the earth. You remember when he was talking to Thomas, one of the disciples, he said, when you see me, what? You're seeing the Father. He wasn't talking about miracles. If you want to entertain the character of my Father, here it is. You want to understand how much he loves Do you understand? If you want to understand how he deal with difficulties, that's what I'm going to show you. Because that's what I came for. I came not only, let me show you this, I came not only to die on the cross. You see, we, we got to be careful now that we don't embrace the totality of Jesus' mission in the earth. His mission was not just to die on the cross, which is very important. But his mission was also to show humanity how to live a life in this flesh that will glorify the Father. Come on. He did that. But if you want to be like Jesus, you got to embrace the passion. We, we talked about the passions of Christ. The things that drove him, the things that caused him to wake up every morning and, and was foremost on his heart and his mind, it was doing the will of God. I want us to see in our walk with God, and I want us to be able to ask ourselves this question. Am I doing 
the things that are necessary in order for me to become more like Christ? Or am I just keeping my fingers crossed and hoping certain attitudes would just leave? Certain things would just, you, 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 let me show you something. In our efforts to grow a lot of times and overcome things, overcome because life, growth in life is being able to deal with life situation. Life happens to all of us, am I right? Okay, and a lot of times our reaction and our response to the happenings of life identify our spiritual location. They identify where we are in our walk with God. Okay, then what I want us to see, a lot of times we're looking for growth now to be, God, take away the problems. <laughs> I don't have those problems anymore. That don't mean that you've grown. That just means that the situations are not there before you. It let the situation come back and see what your reaction and your responses will be. What are you doing to ensure that you grow? I, 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 inside of my lesson, my last lesson that I taught on transformation, uh, trans from translation to transformation, I, I shared with you all a couple of truths that God gave me to ensure that we grow. One of those truths was spending time in the word. Okay. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you got, just got saved this morning before you came to church. In order for you to grow, you have to spend time in the word. Come on. Let me show you now. When I say grow, I'm not talking about, oh, I, I, I learned this scripture here. I learned that scripture here. No, when I talk about grow, I'm talking about your character. Uh, 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 moving more into uh, um, that that God desires. And God said to us in Peter, through Peter, God said, now what? As newborn babes, do what? Desire the sincere milk of the word. Why? That you may grow thereby. I want you to see how God focuses on our growth. He said, I've given you the word to help you grow. If I don't spend time in the word, I am not going to grow. I don't care how much I can come to church and dance and shout and run and holler. Uh, if, if I'm not spending time in the word of God, I will not grow. Come on. We've got to spend time in the word. And let me share something with you. Spending time in the word is more than you coming to church on Sunday morning and hearing what the pastor says. Spending time in the word of God is even after you've heard what the pastor said on Sunday morning or whoever's preaching, delivering the word, whether it's in Sunday school or whatever, you're going home and you're taking that word and you're pondering through that word and through the scripture and finding out, God, what is it that you're saying to me? God told uh, uh, Joshua in the book of Joshua and when Joshua was getting ready to take the children of Israel into the promised land. God spoke to Joshua and said, Joshua, this is my command to you. Don't let this word depart out of your mouth. 
Keep that word before you every day. For in that word, when you allow that word to be in your heart and in your mouth, he said, now then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Then you will grow. You will be the leader that I've called you to be and you will be able to lead the people into my heart and my mind. But don't think that you can do it without having the word before you. We need the word of God in our lives. Jesus told us, and he was quoting a scripture in the book of Psalms. He said, what? Man shall not live, what? By bread alone. But what? He didn't say you just memorize it, but live by it. He that knoweth to do good and doeth it not. Just because I have an academic knowledge does not mean that I'm growing. Come on. Any man, <laughs> James, James told it to us very clearly. He said, be not just hearers of the word, but what? Doers. He said, because any man that heareth these words, the laws of God, and don't do them or apply them to your life, is just like somebody that's looking in the mirror <laughs> and seeing what's going on. Oh, I got some things out of place over here. Uh, um, you know, oh, I saw it. I didn't really wash my face over here, uh, uh, or whatever. And then you see that, but then you turn to walk away and forgot what you saw. Come on. The word is indeed a mirror, but your reactions to the word is what causes the change to take place. Another thing that I shared inside of the lesson um, is that we have to spend time in prayer. Spend time in prayer. That helps ensure our growth. So, Bishop, you taught that already. Okay, that's fine. <sighs> Peter said this. I, I love Peter. And I love the scripture. That's why I love the scripture, y'all, because when I understand the scripture, then now it helps me to be established inside of what God has given me. You see, because just because I taught it a couple of weeks ago does not mean that I can't. You know, one of our greatest mistakes as preachers, as those that are delivering, well, well, I, pre I preached that last week, so I can't. No, if God said preach it again, preach it again. Come on. Peter said this. Peter said, I will not neglect to put you in remembrance of these things. Look at what it And even though you know them, <laughs> even though you know them, even though you've already heard them, I will not neglect, I will not dishonor God by not putting you in remembrance of these things because I understand that the more you embrace these truths, the more change will take place. Just because I heard the truth does not mean necessarily that I've embraced it. It doesn't mean that I've digested it. Sometimes you need to hear things over and over and over again. How many times do we talk to our children over and over again? 
Well, mama, you already said that, child. What did, what did you say? You're not doing it. Come on. So here God said, spending time in prayer is essential. If you want to grow, spend time. Let me show, let me, let me show you a trick of the devil. The, a trick of the enemy now is one that you watch and observe somebody else pray. God, I thank God for Brother Kofi. God has brought him into the ministry, and God has given him a ministry of intercession. Okay. Now, we sometimes, we, we may listen at uh, our Brother Kofi pray. It's okay. I can't pray like that. I can't, I can't you know, so there, now we'll, we will cut off our prayer lives. No, God is not looking for you to mimic anybody else. Prayer is simply communication with God. Come on. Prayer is me spending time with God, talking to God about my life and talking to God about what he wants out of my life and what he wants to put into my life. So now when we talk about prayer, it's not these eloquent words that we learn how to articulate and how long we can pray, but it's simply spending time with God talking to him and enjoying his presence. We need to understand that in order for us to grow, there must be a relational side of prayer that we engage in. What do you mean, Bishop, a relational side of prayer? A relational side of prayer is when I just spend time in his presence. I want to hear what you got to say today, Lord. I want to know what you got for me today. God, I, I'm dealing with this difficulty in my heart. I need you to help me through this. We are operating inside of a relationship, not just a situational prayer life. It's good to have a situational prayer life. God, I got a situation. I need you to handle this. God said, okay, I got that. But more than a situational prayer life, God wanted to have a relational prayer life. Spending time with God. You develop a relationship with somebody and you want to just get to know them better. You don't just call them when you got a situation that you need them to help you in. You'll call them and say, listen, I just call you just to talk. We just, we just want to talk. Come on. Let me show you this. Growth in God comes as a result of our relationship with God. Let me say this again. My growth in God comes as a result of my, my relationship with God. You don't grow in God because of me or what I do. Come on. You grow in God because of your interactions and your relationship and your fellowship with God. Come on. It's, it's, it's almost like, uh, you, you, have you heard the term association brings about what? Assimilation. If you hang around somebody long enough and spend time with them long enough, all of a sudden you begin to act like them look like them but I said the reason why so many of you don't react like me inside a situation is you don't spend enough time with me come on to take on my character traits come on 
It don't come automatically, you all. We got to spend some time with God. When we spend time with God, when we nurture a relationship with God, and, 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 and I, I want to belabor this point. I want to belabor this point because a relationship with God is an individual effort. Come on. Well, I can come to corporate prayer, and that's good. We want you to be able to come to corporate prayer. Or I can come to corporate Bible study. That's good. But there's nothing like that personal time with God between you and God. Come on. And God said, I want you to grow. I want you to be like me. God is like those, you know, you know, you got some proud father say, I want my child to be just like me. God said, that's all right. I want you to be just like me. But you got to spend some time with me. You got to spend some, spend some personal time. You remember we, we, we gave you this uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, Apostle uh, um, from Columbia, uh, Ribordi, Nikki Ribordi. Uh, um, he shared this inside of his message when he was here. He said, uh, uh, power encounters set me free. Okay? Remember that? He said, but personal encounters transforms me. Okay? Now, I want you to see it. But say now, transform means to be changed. Mean to become more and more like God. He said, now, personal encounters, when I spend that personal time with God, it's transforming me. It's changing me. I can identify individuals that spend time with God just by looking at their behavior. Not by hearing them articulate the word of God, but by watching their behavior. You'll know the tree, how? By the what? Fruit it bears. So now here we, and I got to close here. When we build relationships with God, we become better Christians. And let me share this with you. Being a better Christian does not mean that I own more or my possessions increase. Okay? You see, a lot of, lot of folk in the church, in the body of Christ, measure what they consider spiritual growth by material possessions. Okay? That is not an indication that I am growing. Come on. Having a relationship with God <laughs> is not necessarily designed to teach you how to become rich. Come on. Nurturing and working and developing a relationship with God is designed to teach you how to be a better Christian, a better believer. Come on. 
a better husband, a better wife. Oh, I can, my, I can increase my income level, but then is my character changing? Come on. Or I can start a business and, and have a multiple streams of income, <laughs> which has become a byphrase for a lot of folk. And it's okay because I do believe that God have individuals that he would design things for them to have multiple streams of income. But let me show you something. Income, streams of income are not just designed to keep make you rich. If God allow you to have multiple streams of income, he wants that to help you become more and more of an individual that night is now allowing the light of God to shine. Come on. So he's saying here now, as you spend time with me, these are the things that will happen. You remember in Hebrew, the fifth chapter, Hebrew, the fifth chapter, I think it was, in fact, all the way through, the, through that chapter, it talks about uh, um, whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receive. In other words, God is developing them so that they can become more and more like you. That's all chastening is. Chastening is when you chasten a child, all you're trying to do is to help them become better. Okay, it's not whipping and beating them down. It's just training them so that they become more and more like what you want them to become. So God said, no, that, but then that goes on, to, I think it's around the seventh or eighth verse. He said, no chastening for the moment seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. But it has a purpose. It has a purpose. He said, but afterwards, what? It yieldeth forth the peaceable fruit of righteousness, listen at this part, unto them that are exercised thereby. Unto those that will yield themselves to what God is trying to do in your lives. How many of you believe that God is trying to do some things in your lives? You don't have to hold up your hand, but how many of you can say, if, if without holding your hand, looking at yourself, how many of you can say, my attitudes need to be changed in some areas? Sometimes my attitude can, you, know, you, you realize, sometimes, if you're a real believer, sometimes your attitude can offend you. Come on. He said, but I want you to overcome that. God said, as I present you to the world, I want you to be the best version of me that you can be. All of those little idiosyncrasies about your life that interferes with a clear picture of who I am, God said, I'm trying to get rid of those things. I'm trying to get rid of those. God said, as you yield to what I'm doing, spend time in my presence. I'll show you how to rid yourself of those things. The Bible tells us in my scripture text, and I'm going to close with this, it says what, be ye transformed or be changed by what? The renewing of your mind. Okay, 
Ola kandiri okura batisa kadabaha. Many of us, many of us in the body of Christ need some mind-altering experiences with God. Some of us, the way we think about life itself is not in alignment with society says that's why the scripture said don't be conformed to this world because the world always have an answer for how you deal with life but God said don't be controlled by what the world's ideals are he said now be transformed be changed by the renewing of your mind change the way involved in a cult okay this hypothetical you've been involved in a cult and inside of that cult they programmed your mind to think a certain way okay that's what a cult is a cult is an arena where you're programmed with information and whatever's to affect or control how you think and how you engage okay you're set free from that cult okay just because you're set free from that cult does not mean that your mind automatically changes see what we got on this Satan programmed our mind and he created a society that further controls and programs our mind. 
the Bible said that the God of this world, Satan has taken this whole world off course and we were actually marching by the drumbeats of this world. But he said, now you're a believer. You're a son of God. You got to think like a son of God. In order to change the way I think, I've got to be deprogrammed. If you want to change an individual that's been in the cult, what do they do? They've sent them through a deprogramming process. What do you mean deprogram? Attack those mentalities that you've embraced and now allow you to see what real truth is all about. The reason why the reason why a lot of times we don't see consistent growth in the body of Christ is because many times we have not been sufficiently deprogrammed and reprogrammed. Okay. How many of us in the church are still, but that's just the way I think, that's just the way. No, you gotta get rid of that thinking. He says in Ephesians, he said, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, do what? Think on these things. If you want to change a person's behavior, change the way they think. As he thinketh, in his heart, what? So is he. If you want to change how you deal with situations in your life, deal with oppositions, deal with offenses, change the way you think. First of all, about yourself, because sometimes the reason why we think that, okay, no, 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 you don't do that to me. ways to reprogram your mind spending time in the word what am I doing I'm introducing new data to my mind I'm introducing a new way of thinking a new way of life to my mind that doesn't come automatically I gotta spend time Every time I take on a truth from God, what it's doing is challenging the lie that I've been living by all my life. In order to dispense the lie or to get rid of the lie, I gotta 
challenging with one. I've even given you my spirit to remind you of what I want. But it's not going to happen automatically. You got to decide in your heart that I'm going to yield myself Honestly, say you want to be more like Jesus. I, I can look at the hands now. You want to be more like Jesus. You can put your hand on. You don't have to keep them up. Remember this word on today. Allow God to transform it, change your mind, renew your mind. Father, we bless you today. We thank you for your word. Thank you, Father, that when you saved us, you had everything already in place for us to be like you. You did not have to figure out because this one was so bad. You didn't have to figure out what I need to do now to make them like me. God, you have a foolproof mechanism in ensure that all of us be a total representation of you in the earth. Hey God. You even gave us your spirit when you saved us. Our guide, our confidant, the one that knows about you, the one that has the power to change our I pray right now, God, that you would continue to teach us how to submit and surrender to those things that you have made available to us. Help us to understand that, God, that there must be a personal involvement in our growth. We individually have to involve ourselves in growth. Oh God, I pray right now, God, that you would fight against those mentalities that have held us captive for so long, even after salvation, ways of thinking. God, take us into your word and show us how to challenge those mentalities. You said in your word, God, that we should be able to pull down strongholds. Those strongholds in our mind, Lord, that 
keep us, Lord, from honoring you. Show us how to go into your word and find out what we need to use to pull by Shaka. Pull down those strongholds. God, we want a people that are growing in you. We want a people that are reflecting more and more of your character every day. We want a people, Lord, that you can send to the world with confidence, knowing because of the changes in their lives, they will manifest your character. Help us, Lord. Somebody say, help us, Lord. Help us to indeed be more like you. I come against every mindset right now, every mentality that would oppose your will and your purpose. And I release the power of your spirit in every life. That your spirit will keep reminding us, even when we want to go after your spirit, we keep reminding us. Mm. Nag us, Lord. Nag us when we are moving off course. Nag us. That we won't be comfortable walking contrary or even thinking contrary to your will. I bless you for it right now. I commit these people, even those that are online, I commit us all into your hands right now. That our lives will bring you glory and honor. But in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen. Somebody just lift your hands and say, Lord, help me. Come on, say, Lord, help me to be more like you. Amen. Praise God. God bless you. You may be seated. I trust that you heard God on today in the word. Never forget this fact that as long as you're living, you should be growing. Come on. I don't care who you are. As long as you're living, you should be growing. God wants us to grow. He always wants us to be better. We can be better. We can. We can. You remember the scripture in, um, what is it, Philippians, the third chapter? The fourth chapter, the 13th verse says, I can do all things through Christ. You remember that scripture? If you look at the context of that scripture, it ain't, it's not talking about I can do all of these great exploits. It's simply talking about walking in the character. Paul said, I've learned how to be a base. I've learned how to abound. I've learned that whatsoever state I'm in, there to be content. I've learned how to honor God in whatever state that I'm in. But then he said, now what I really understand is that I can do all of these things what, through Christ. We want to um, fellowship and communion on this morning. Every first Sunday we 
fellowship over the Lord's Supper. And these are instructions that God has left for us to do. In fact, Jesus told the disciples at the Last Supper, He said, Do this. Partake of these emblems. And when you do it, you do that in remembrance of me. want to remember what the Lord has done for our lives. I don't ever want to forget what he's done, how much he loved me, how he gave himself for me, how he suffered for my sake. And every time we partake of these emblems, we're showing God, I appreciate what you've done, Lord. The breaking of your body, the shedding of your blood, I am a full partaker and participant of that. I want you to get those items together. And um, I'm going to ask Bishop Carlene and Pastor Carlene that she would pray. And then we're going to go into the actual partaking of the Lord's Supper together. Father, we just bless your name this morning.
we know that you were blessed by today's message. We have to not only be listeners of the Word of God, but also doers. To find out what your next steps may be, simply go to ofhorangeburg.com forward slash next. Come again next week where we will make sure you have a place to find God.